0: is damian lillard finally on the move we got prime time and eugene and brennan's gonna be there welcome to the rebranded podcast formerly known as the sports by northwest podcast now called wait for it the oregonian sports podcast Ooh. Ooh, three, you're off right there anyway we changed the name of it and we're gonna change the name of some of our other podcasts sort of kind of under an umbrella of the oregonian sports podcast which Quite frankly, it makes more sense to me because I don't think many people knew what Sports by Northwest meant. But here we are with our first official Aaron and Brenna, the Oregonian Sports Podcast podcast, and we have a lot to talk about. Brenna, I mean, how are you?
1: You know, just, start there. Uh, just making it through. Uh, it's been. It's. It's. It could potentially be a really crazy next 24 to 48 hours or it could just be a crazy next 24 to 48 hours we'll see so there you go
0: yeah it, brenda hmm. green of point six of course i'm Aaron hmm. ventures of the oregonian and we we got damien lillard scuttlebutt we got prime time in colorado visiting eugene oregon state opening pack 12 play at washington state in a very uh losable game, I think, just because it's up there and watch state can put up points. So yeah, there's a lot of a cra- lot of fun things maybe going on in our market. What else? You got preps tonight.
1: Yeah. What else you got he preps says? Football tonight. What I, else? I'm,
0: you know what? I mi- I miss preps football. Yeah.
1: I do. I mean I,
0: I like when I was covering preps, I wanted to cover the ducks and cover the blazers and blah 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 blah. And now that I've done all that in the NFL and I've been fortunate to cover Super Bowls and Final Fours and National Championship games. I look, I look at it like a, my son's playing high school football. I'm like, I wouldn't mind, you know, the last few years of my career covering some preps again, where you approach a kid, and he's so excited that you want to talk to him, and his parents are all excited, and it's just preps, and it's not all this political nonsense and just the, yeah. The craziness that goes along with with college sports and just the way fans conduct themselves on social media as if they're on the team, but at the same time, they'll piss on a former player or a soon-to-be former player like it's nothing and sell them out for a draft pick. Anyway, let's start this thing with the latest Lillard ch- Chatter. A lot of stuff being floated around. Could Dame end up in Miami? Don't know. Could he end up somewhere else? Don't know. Blazers have been allegedly talking to different teams, trying to find another deal outside of Miami. Haven't really gotten very far, as, as far as I know, or I've been told. Now people are saying that maybe they're circling back to Miami. There's this rumored deal out there involving Nurkic going to Phoenix for Aiton, and maybe that involves Dame going to uh, to Miami. Who knows? At this point. Um, But let's let's okay. Do you have anything to say about that?
1: I think I said last night on TV, uh, the man, the man that has been in the news without any news, like there's nobody who's been in the news without (laughs) any news so much than Damian Lillard in the past (laughs) the past two months. Um, Yeah, I mean. I've been told maybe something is coming, but I, I don't have anything more than that um yeah i mean you're right you said before we got on here you know there isn't there isn't the there isn't the shams there isn't you know chris haynes talking about this i know brian windhorse did report that the blazers are trying to you know make something happen before training camp which i think all of us would be um very pleased by
0: let's see we've got
1: uh oh yeah we've got 10 days until we're supposed to interview damian lillard so the clock is a ticking, okay? Uh, cause Media Day is October second. And let me tell you, that is gonna be an experience if Damien Lillard is in the building. <laughs> um so yeah. Uh ten days, baby, we're on a we're on a clock. Let's 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 see. I mean, you know, I yeah, I, I definitely take everything with Damien with a grain of salt at this point. Not even because of Damien, but just because of how right. Helter Skelter this whole summer has been. Um, so we shall see what happens. So, yeah.
0: The only thing firm I've been told by a couple of people is that there's definitely that they definitely believe it's going to go down before camp, which is good. So where, wherever it ends up, it ends up in that we won't have to deal with that. And they won't have to deal with that. And the Blazers won't have to continue posturing in that area. But I think the most interesting thing right now is the whole idea of them coming away with Aiden in this, in this situation. Um, And again, we don't know what all could be involved. If it's a, a deal with Lillard going to Miami and Miami sending something to Phoenix as well, and then sending some stuff to Portland, then this would fall in line with the whole idea of like, okay, Portland finally sitting down with Miami and figuring out what's workable for both sides and then trying to bring in another team that might have something else Portland wants since Portland clearly doesn't want hero, which is the best player that would be available from Miami. And so if Aiden ends up being the centerpiece of a deal, and then you still get maybe one of the young players from Miami and you don't get four first round picks, maybe you only get two and maybe a swap. I don't know. Uh, does this Does that make sense for Portland? I I find I, Hero isn't Hero doesn't fit yeah. positionally, but it, you know, like other teams have done, sometimes you're redundant, especially when you're rebuilding. It doesn't matter. Like it just what their lineup is this upcoming year. I don't think matters. They're gonna not be very good. Um, but Aiden fits positionally, but A is he really? That much better than Nurkic. There's, I mean, to me, there's evidence that no, especially when he's making forty plus million, and Nurkic is making seventeen. And my other problem with Aiton would be, he didn't demonstrate maximum effort with a title on the line while playing with Chris Paul, Booker, and Durant. So now you're going to get maximum effort out of the guy playing with Skewed Henderson, Shaden Sharp It just that that would worry me. At the same time, maybe he's going to mature and and a fresh start gets him rolling and going, and he would be – he and Grant would be sort of the veterans on this team, so maybe that role sparks him to be more engaged. I don't know. It It just seems weird that if he's the centerpiece of all this, how does that necessarily make sense other than positional fit? What do you think?
1: the face i made when you said he's going to be a veteran on this team and like one of the leaders i i don't yeah, no. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's uh I, if we had if we had video uh right now you would see that my my face waited a full-on frown face um
0: it's the front just think frowny emoji yes. which i use a lot sometimes yeah. the frowny emoji that was that was what yeah, that's
1: I don't, I don't know how I feel about you. People grow up, though. People grow up. I don't, I don't know? know how I feel about DeAndre Ayton being thrust into a leadership role. Um,
0: Actually, I did correct something. He makes 30 plus million, go. not
1: 40. So. Um, uh, I feel very conflicted. Um. But, I mean, I will say this. It's really hard to find quality big men in the NBA. And, yes, he has his ups and downs, but he still has his moments of brilliance. That are just really, right. really incredible. And you know, I mean this uh, it's not quite similar, but I mean, we were talking Zion Williamson a few months ago, you know, <laughs> Those two both have, you know, ha- have had their ups and downs in the NBA for sure. What have I taken Zion? In a- yes, yes, yes. Um, because it's it's really hard to find good big men. In the NBA. So I think at the end of the day, you have to take it. You have to take a flyer on him. Because this is the thing that everybody has been saying that you want. You want a big man. That has been made very, very evidently clear. So, like, beggars can't be choosers, I feel like. If, if, if you're getting what you want, yes, there's going to be ups and downs in this situation. But I, I still... I, 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 do think uh, that DeAndre is 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 at the end of the day. At least it gives you some sort of vision for this team. Ironically, I just realized this. Remember the first game of the season last year against Phoenix? Wasn't it DeAndre mm-hmm. at the free throw line when Damian went up to him and was
0: Damian was talking to him yeah.
1: and got him to miss the free throws. Oh, yeah. oh, what a flashback. And then, yeah, that okay. was a, yeah, funny.
0: <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I would be intrigued by the entire thing, I guess, because, you know, he's a, he's number one overall pick. Like you said, he's had his moments, but I just, there's just so many red flags there. So, yeah, I mean, I just, just as you tell, I'm a lost forward. I, I, I'm not moved by it. I think, I think anything they do that gets Dame to Miami, I'm cool with because I think that should be the priority. But you want to come away with something, obviously good. To me, I'd rather have as many picks as possible because then you can always trade those picks for players down the line, or you yeah. just have those picks and who knows, they might become lottery picks after. You know, here's a stat, here's a thing for you. I, I can only think of one superstar guard that's been the catalyst for a championship team at 35 or older. And that was Jordan, who I believe turned 35 when they won their last championship. Um, Curry was 34, I think, when they won last year. And I can't think of another one. So Miami is going to have two guards over 35. I mean, if Butler stays, they're going to have two guards over 35 in two years. They're they're going to decline. Like guards, guards especially, they're going to decline there's going to be opportunity for some lottery picks there. We've talked about this before. So I would just have rather have as many picks as possible and then just go out and then try and get one or two of the young players and then go out and try and use those picks to acquire really, really what I want. I just don't know if DeAndre Ayton's really, really what I want. And the other thing is I know people love Scoot and believe in his potential. He's not walking yeah. into the NBA and elevating this team into the playoffs. Shaden, I, I love Shaden. I love Ant. I think they all have great potential. But you may be looking a few years out before this team is really viable. And then by then, Aiden's going to be a free agent. And if he's any good, now you're paying Aiden fifty million a year. And that's
1: assuming you <laughs> like, can resign. I just can't
0: imagine. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but you can offer them five years, whereas other people yeah. can offer them as many years. You offer more money. So, but yeah, you're right. Or maybe you just move them. You could just move them, I guess. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just it just it just seems weird to me that they that this would be the route that they would go. But at the same time, I'm not against it. And if it means moving Dane to Miami, great. And if you get a couple picks out of it, great. Get this over with. So you'll be looking at a starting lineup of I think right now it would be they just play Shaden at the three and goes Scoot and Shaden Grant. Yep. Aiden. How many games they win? How many games they win?
1: Good oh boy. It's an eighty two game season we'll go uh
0: we'll go 32. Wow. I was thinking like 27 cuz I'm factoring the tank at the end.
1: <laughs> I think 32 and 27 is pretty they, close. I think we're pretty much at the same range. Right.
0: Yeah, no, we're close. I, I'm only yeah, I see there's what a team would do if fully healthy and played the entire season. And then there's okay, you got to factor in injuries, and then you got to factor in if they're going to tank. And so that's why I'm at twenty-seven. Because the tank would be coming. We know they like the tank in Portland. So post all-star break, it's over. We're out of it. Let's suck even more so we can get And they don't today. have to worry about that all-star anyway.
1: player thing where you can, can't rest uh, multiple all-stars in one night. Because let's be frank. Right. There's not multiple all-stars there's on that roster. <laughs> there might not be one. No. We'll see. I mean, if that were to happen that way, obviously. No.
0: Yeah, true. All right, so that's what things are with that. I'm weary of the entire thing. I just want it to be over with. All right, so let's move on to something more exciting. Oregon, Colorado, prime time. Coming to Autzen Stadium. Brenna will be there. I will be on my couch with snacks watching. However, Brenna, I'm not as excited about this game as I was yeah
1: i mean it, travis hunter being out stinks it really stinks you know when you've got a guy that
0: doesn't it? yeah when you got
1: Torridor. a guy making an impact on both sides of the ball it's like oh my god um you know that's it's just it just is you know it's it's a it's a thing that so very rarely happens in college football and so it, it does make a big impact when somebody is out um like him so that's unfortunate um i i I do feel like Oregon should walk away pretty easily in this one. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I generally was not impressed with Colorado last week against Colorado State, you know? I mean, Colorado <coughs> State had, I believe, 16 penalties and still almost went to overtime. That's crazy.
0: Right.
1: Like, like, you should be murdering them. Um, and also like, you know, I've kind of monitored Colorado state from afar because I covered Jay Norvell, um, when he was at Nevada and I know that coaching staff well. So, you know, it's just like, I- I'm just going to like, it's just kind of one of those things that you kind of keep tabs on intrinsically in your brain, you know, kind of without mm-hmm. even knowing because things are on your timeline, things like that. Colorado state is not been good. I mean wazoo mollywopped whopped them okay like wazoo <laughs> killed them and then Colorado at home couldn't had to go to overtime like ew. um so there's a reason why that line is 21 points in Vegas right now um but regardless yeah. I'm still excited it's a big moment it's uh and and you know you only get a few big moments each year in college football so Enjoy it, take it in. Uh, but, yeah, I do feel pretty firmly that Oregon is going to gonna handle this. They have a much stronger line on both sides of the ball. Uh, their, their offensive line has been, yeah. you know, f- for all the talk about how they were losing so much, they've been incredible this year, except for the false start penalties. That has not been incredible, gentlemen. Um, but other than that, they've been great. So, um, and then, you know, their yeah. defensive line, like I remember looking at, you know, just who was on their defensive line, um, before Oregon media day and just being like name, 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 like I got a good D line and, and Colorado state's offensive line is pretty, pretty patchwork. So, um, I, I don't think that they've, they've gone up as, uh, against as good of his defensive line as is Oregon has. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. i i think I think this one gets lost in the trenches pretty pretty easily. So,
0: i I like sometimes to look at the lines, the betting lines of games, and like with the Texas Tech thing. Like, I came out of that the week before that thing. and went, Oregon should take care of this Texas Tech team, no problem. And then the line came out at seven and five, seven point five, and then it went down to six. So people were betting Texas Tech, which you know raised red flags to me. Like, oh wait, you know. The people who gamble for a living and set these lines are like, yeah, this game could be pretty close, and of course it was. And Oregon did cover, but there's been so much hype, you know, leading up to this game, you know, for weeks because the speculation after Colorado won, especially this the, beating Nebraska, that wow, this showdown with Oregon—that's gonna be the first real test. Both teams could be three and zero and ranked. Game day might be there, but they're not. Uh, and it could be, you know, a pretty special game, and then. Colorado goes out and doesn't play that well against Colorado State and they lose Travis Hunter and then boom the line comes out and it's 21 and that's Las Vegas telling you the world you can hype this thing up all you want you can make it about this showdown and making this big thing on Talking Ducks you know Harrington and Jordan were talking about how this is a big moment for the Ducks to go out there on a national stage and blah 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 and I'm just like come on Oregon if Oregon's not above needing this type of win to propel the program in any kind of direction when there are 21-point favorites. Like, come on. To me, that's just not even a thing. I, I pushed back against it a little bit, but I didn't go full Fentress since we try and keep things a little light on Talking Ducks. But, I, I, like, to me, this is a blowout. The, well, I shouldn't say I, I think it's going to be a lot like the UCLA mm, game last year. Yeah. It's going to be competitive, but clearly Oregon's better, and Oregon pushes them away and, and keeps them away. Um, you said it yourself. The line, the difference in the line. Colorado averages fifty-five yards rushing per game at one point seven per carry. They give up two forty-two per game. <laughs> so the quarterback play from and Colorado they have not is faced great a trio of running backs it, like
1: Oregon's, Oregon has.
0: Right? So, yeah, we're just gonna just yeah, throw just heavy head with that line. Yeah. And so, and then, and then Oregon's quarterback is just as good, if not better than Shador. Definitely better in terms yeah. of he's more polished. He's played in bigger games. Um, so, everything points to just Oregon. Just, you know, I think Shador will do enough to make it interesting and keep it compelling for a little bit, maybe, but they can't stop the run and they're not going to stop Bo Nix, who is. At his best, playing off of the run, which most quarterbacks, most, most mobile quarterbacks are. And that offensive line is going to completely demoralize and wear down the front seven for Colorado. You don't have your best playmaker in Travis Hunter. And although Shadur Sanders might be the best playground QB in America when he gets out of the pocket, he's going to face the best athletes yeah. by far that he's faced all season who are going to be able to shut down his <laughs> lanes quicker and contain him easier, and keep him in the pocket more often, or smack him in the face when he does leave the pocket. That it's just like it's gonna just it's gonna spiral to the point where it's obvious they can't run, they're behind, they're trying to pass, and Oregon's just dialing up all these combinations of blitzes, and they're using spies, and the containing, and doing all these things to just make life miserable for him. And then it's gonna be evident that Oregon's just superior, and they're gonna roll, and they might cover. I think I, I think I picked. Forty-two twenty-seven, but it could be fifty-two twenty-seven
1: easily. I think they'll be pretty motivated to come out and make a statement as well. You know, I mean, I, I understand what they are saying in terms of this is a big moment on national TV for them, and I, I do think. I mean, it's a twelve thirty game. I they
0: know. Been on national. I thought I got moved. No, I thought I got moved.
1: Thirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a twelve thirty. Uh, I know because I'm leaving at seven thirty in the morning tomorrow. Uh, after working until like 1230 or 1 a.m. It's going to be a great time. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, um, a 1230 national game and Oregon does not get a lot of opportunities to play a 1230 national game where everybody on the East Coast can tune in and see what's up. So in that sort of situation, I do think it's a big deal for them to be able to make a statement to people around the country that, hey, we are legit this year and like we can, we can compete. So in terms of that, you know, them coming out and uh, as we, as I discussed earlier, Molly whopping Colorado. Um, that's going to, that's going to be a big, a big statement, a big moment for them. That's what they need to do. That's that's if I'm, if I'm a team, I, if I'm them, I'm not just going for a win. I'm going for uh, demolishing because that is going to send a message nationally that hey, we need to be more people need to be paying attention to us. So I do think it's a big game. I just think it's a because of where Colorado is, and, and because of Travis, and because of their lines. I I, I just feel I, I just feel like this is a game where it's not really that big in terms of the actual competition. It's more big in terms of the statement that can be made. So. Uh, Yeah, Uh, uh, hopefully, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm right, not just talking out of my butt right now. So, there you go.
0: (laughs) Okay, here's the thing that's funny about this thing to me. So, we come into the season. Obviously, Colorado made a lot of changes to the roster, and they were 1-11 last year. It's a completely different team. The over-under in Vegas for wins was 3.5. They already have three. Uh, and then like, because they won a couple games, things shifted to all this talk about how great they could be and could they challenge for the conference title and blah, blah, blah. And all I did personally was I, I had them four to five wins maybe coming in, and then after they beat TCU, I bumped them to six. I had Nebraska and Colorado State as possible wins anyway, so I still stayed around six. And I'm still at six because they had games coming up, they were going to be against far better teams that obviously I thought could beat them. But the idea that this is like a state in the game like if Oregon blows them out, that means anything more than the fact that they blew out a still just okay team with some good skill guys and a quarterback that beat some teams with inferior athletes, as opposed to them actually defeating this Colorado juggernaut. That's a pack, a legit pack 12 talking contender. They're, they, they're not, No, they shouldn't be considered that even at three, and zero. So anyway, I just, I don't know. It's, the, the narratives on how Colorado, how they've flipped and changed yep. and all that kind of stuff. It's just kind of bizarre to me, but I think we're, we're going to see this week that, you know, you can be as good as you want on the perimeter and that quarterback, but man, if your lines on both sides are just getting pummeled,
1: it's not bizarre. People love and Dion yeah, and yeah, they're, you're, they're, you're they're just, shot. they're just diving all in. That's what, that's, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, lo- and I love, and I love some Dion He's one of my but- favorite athletes of all time by far. Um, yeah i was
1: gonna say but but uh you know you you have you're not paid to to go on national television and sing sing his praises like Stephen a smith is so there you go that's that you know that's just what it is yeah
0: okay so what else is going on this weekend
1: man? (laughs) just a little battle up on the palouse oregon state at wsu uh we've got the we've got we've got a you know Uh, I, I, this, this game is always one that's anytime WSU plays either Oregon State or Oregon, it's always a interesting game for me personally, because, you know, I covered Wazoo for four years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, know a lot of people up there. It's, it's starting to, it's starting to dwindle out, but I still got like one more year of knowing, knowing people on that team. And then, and then it's done probably for me, but I I made a good run. Um, (laughs) So yeah, Oregon State at WSU, um, the, uh, the Tupac, Tupac game of the century going on here. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's a huge game. It's a huge game. And, um, it's, I mean, it's on Fox, it's on national television again, four o'clock. So not as good of a time slot, but still that's pretty good. It's Seven o'clock on these Coast, pretty decent, um, yeah, I think this one's gonna be. Uh, I think this one's gonna come down to the wire. I do. So, because that's what that's what Oregon State and Wazoo do. That's how it goes. And I mean, I mean, the the last Oregon State game I saw up at Wazoo was decided literally. Uh, on the la- like the second to last play of the game, I think they might have kicked off and maybe had OSU had maybe like two two more plays or something like that. You know, um, hmm. so. Those two teams always generally seem to have uh, good competitive games against each other, so I'm excited to see that. I was supposed to see Oregon uh, Wazoo at Oregon State last year. I don't that wasn't as good of a game. Um, and I got a I popped my tire on the way to the game, so that was lovely. Um, so yeah, I got to hang out on the side of the road near Woodburn for hours and didn't get to go to the game, which sucked. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I think this one's going to be pretty close. I think it's it's uh, I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be much more fun than Oregon versus Colorado, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Who you got? Did you pick? I'm rattling it in my brain right now. What? I'm going to go Oregon State. I'm going to okay. go Oregon State. I'm going to go Oregon State. I think they just have a lot they have a lot of experience now wazoo has a lot of experience as well so i'll give them that but i i, I i'm gonna go oregon state they have the better quarterback of the two even though cam ward's great don't kill me cam ward's dad um <laughs> we're friends <laughs> we're friendly um but I, I think that you know in terms of the running back Quarterback duo. Oregon State has the clearly superior duo, and then obviously Oregon State's defense is real good. Oregon State's line, as we've discussed multiple times, is real good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Beavers. Okay. You go, you go in Wazoo.
0: So on. No, I'm going Beavers too. Yeah. Um. I it would be. I I I'll be very disappointed if they lose, to a team outside of the Big yeah. Four which they are a part of the big four. Oregon, Utah, USC, Utah, Oregon State. am I missing somebody? You sorry, big five. Yeah. They lose outside of that, of that group. I'll be very disappointed. In them. So, because I really, I really, 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 I don't think it's going to happen, but I really, really want the not civil war to have Meeting. title game, impl- title game implications. The winner's in the winner's in the pacto title game. <laughs>
1: I would very love
0: fun. for that. All right, uh, off the field stuff was going on involving OSU and WSU. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I've been semi-off, but if something happens on and getting my daughter off to college, so yep. I didn't pay any attention. Okay, go. Um,
1: Oregon State and Wazoo <laughs> had a joint Zoom yesterday, which with their presidents and athletic directors, which uh, has to be a first. Uh, that 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 presidents and ads of two teams that are playing each other that week are holding a press conference together. I don't think that's ever happened in college football. I feel pretty confident in saying that one. Right. Um, don't, don't need to do a lot of research for that. Uh, they had their own coordinated zoom background. Very impressive. Uh, we had, we had a, a gray zoom background with Oregon state and Wazoo logos. It looked very clean. Kudos to whoever made that great job. Um, you know, it was an hour long press conference, which like that's a long time. But um, you know, there was a lot of people on there. I mean, there's a lot of national people on there. It was like, you know, every time it was like heavy hitter after heavy hitter uh, in terms of of you know who was asking questions on there. Um, not a lot of like factual stuff. Basically, they're waiting for a preliminary injunction hearing. Uh, to be set by the judge so that they can have their next steps against the the conference so um that is you know that that's they're kind of waiting on that Kirk Schultz uh WSU's president said that they're hopeful to have some sort of clarity in 30 days I'm not sure if I buy that um but you know we we can keep hoping um because I mean if you don't even have an injunction hearing set up like that's that's a lot to ask to have some sort of clarity in terms of controlling the conferences what what happens to the conference's assets um so you know um uh they did say pat shun said in the uh press conference that they are going to play Oregon State's fight song at the eighteen minute mark before the game starts and they're going to encourage all their fans to cheer or to applaud along to, you know, clap along or whatever. Um to Oregon State's fight song, which you know, somebody somebody did raise the point yeah. to me. They actually did do that. They did that before the Apple Cup. Um in twenty eighteen. Twenty nineteen? No, it was twenty eight it had to be twenty eighteen. Um in 2018 because um, the U dubs band's bus like like had a huge accident on the way over and so the band couldn't make it um, and i mean thankfully everyone was okay but it was like iffy it was it was pretty crazy so um So, yeah, uh, so they have they have done something like this before, but it's been a while. They said that the mascots are going to interact a bunch more. Woo. Um, But, you know, it's it's just kind of an interesting. It's definitely an interesting. um, It's 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 a situation that I don't think anyone's ever like seen in college football where it's like. Outside of this game, these two teams are like genuinely rooting for each other. And that just like doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So it's just. You know, I asked in the press conference, I was like, is this bizarre? Like, <laughs> like you know, like, this is just so different than anything um, I've ever seen in college football. But, you know, then again, conference realignment is uh, definitely different than anything we've ever seen in college football uh, up to this point. So that makes some sense. But uh, overall, you know, it was it was. I would say. uh 25 to 30 uh, we'll go 30 to 35 percent of the call was like actually good information and then the other 65 to 70 was you know them extolling uh their pr spin which they are allowed to do and they should do um so you know but you got some good stuff out of it um they also said both schools said um that you know in terms of scheduling for here on out, they they cannot make decisions through... Pat Chun said we cannot make decisions through an emotional lens. We have to make decisions through a business lens. AKA, hello, playing U-Dub and playing Oregon is financially beneficial. And I know that there are some OSU fans who say we should never play Oregon again. And there's some WSU fans <coughs> that we should never play U-Dub again. But guess what, guys? As we've learned... Uh, through everything in this, in in, in the last few months, this is what talks.
0: It's all about the Benjamins, right?
1: Baby. (laughs) And that's, what's going to happen here. So, uh, you know, I thought it was all kind of a lot of, a lot of stuff about, (laughs) Uh, I I thought, you know, Scott Barnes and it was mostly Scott Barnes. who was very, very upset. And I understood why when Oregon left the conference, that totally makes sense but um, I knew that at some point that was going to pass because, you know, and was like, we'll see if we play them again. We'll see. I was like, you're going to play them again. I'm sorry. Like this is come on. Um, And he also, he was like, you know, like regionality, like that's what Scott Barnes said is really important to our athletes. So, you know, that's something we have to take into account as well. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, there's a school right down the road. So um, it definitely seems like those games are going to, End up continuing, which um, yeah, like I said, there are some fans who don't like that, but tough cookies. The problem
0: is how competitive yeah, they I know be.
1: I know. Well, we'll.
0: I mean, Oregon State could get completely stripped yep. clean this off-season. Coaches, players. You know, if I'm a player and we're going to be playing in the Mountain West and I signed up to be on a good pack.
1: It certainly seems more and more, by the way, that they are going to try to use that two-year grace period and figure something out in the next two years and that there is only going to be two members of that. That that seems like the way that they are leaning. They wouldn't tip their hand, but... That's kind of what I got from that phone call. That they are they are hoping they are going to have that two year grace period where there is only going to be two members of the conference, and then they're going to try to figure out what happens from there. Yeah, what to do which now. that's a scheduling okay, so mess. But the anyway,s
0: two. are they going to play know, each other right? ten times?
1: You still have non-con. You still have the no, non-con no. schedule that's already set up. But, I know.
0: They can but non cons usually dried up after the yeah. first few weeks. I mean people have holes in the schedule. I mean I guess you can go out and figure it out. I,
1: I will say you know, the Big Ten Yikes. doesn't let yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do about this. Uh, right now the Big Ten doesn't have doesn't let teams play FCS teams, so does that change some Pac twelve team schedules if they decide to, you know, say, Hey, you, you can't do this anymore? Um, but I could, right. But I Early could also, season, yeah, yeah, exactly. But... Yeah. But I could, but, but then, but then you could see the big 10 coming in and scheduling earlier games. So then they have, um, cause they, so that then they have flexibility later on in the season too. You see that as well. Um, yeah, but I, I could also easily see the big 10 saying, look, these are already on your schedule. We understand that these were made when you guys were not uh, a member of our conference. So we're not going to blow up your schedule now. So, and you know, there's other sports other than football. I know or, that's I know that's crazy. But
0: who does Oregon play next year?
1: I, I know they play Texas Carolina, Tech. You know, I think that's the first game of the season.
0: They're hosting them obviously. Um,
1: Ooh. in Austin, which will be very fun. Unless I'm unless I screwed that up and it's the next year, but I'm assuming you're looking it up right now. So
0: I'm trying, but. I swear, man. Some, Yahoo. Uh, sometimes I get on, end up on Yahoo, and it yeah. just jacks me around. Uh, Two thousand twenty-four Oregon schedule. Teacher schedules. Okay, yeah, Texas they, at Hawaii. We're covering
1: that. <laughs> uh, they I have, know you are.
0: <laughs> they got. They got. They got Idaho. What? They got Boise. Wait a minute. Hawaii. Yeah, they played hook zero
1: game. I think Texas
0: Tech yeah, and Boise.
1: I think they play a zero game next year. Yeah, I was wrong about Texas Tech. Might be so. But.
0: Maybe, maybe you, maybe you buy out Idaho and play Oregon State. Whatever. Whatever. Um, all right.
1: Yeah, I was wrong about Texas Tech uh, about the timing of that game. It's the S-September, September September seventh, which will be their third game of the season.
0: That's wild. Anyway. Okay. So we're done with sports. We're over it. Let's move on to you and Lindsey Schnell last week went up to Seattle to see Beyonce. I ended up not going with my daughter. A lot of different reasons. One being that I didn't like the set list. (laughs) I was disappointed when I looked at the set list. I didn't see enough hits that I knew. I don't like that. So I decided I didn't necessarily want to go. My daughter kind of wanted to go, but she didn't really want to go through the whole, you know, enduring the whole trip of it all. So we just bailed on it, and I gave her some money for shopping instead. (laughs) She prepared, preparing to go to college. Uh, So anyway, you went, though, and I know you and Lindsay are huge Bay fans. Well, it was my first time seeing
1: her in concert, and I was like, you know what? I've got to do this at least once in my life. I've got to see her. Like it's just one of those mm-hmm. things. Um, you were correct on the set list. There's a lot of stuff from Renaissance, but there's also a lot of stuff I love from Renaissance. So I wasn't like super not into it. Um, there were a few songs I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't know this one. Sorry, sorry, B. Sorry. Um, she opened with ballads. She had like, I saw she had like that. three or four ballads to open. <laughs> I wasn't weird. into
0: it. Weird. I've never... I can't... It's a I don't, weird way to start it. Unless you're a, a balladeer, you know, like I... Okay, so anyway, just I didn't go, but I yeah. went, did some research. I went online and people... Oh my, it's, so, it's just so amazing how times have changed from when I was younger. But people are posting entire concerts from all sorts yeah. of different angles on YouTube. So you can just go watch the concert from floor seats, from 300 level, from 200 level. Staging beautiful, but I started watching like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna check it out and see if I want to go see it live. And she starts out with ballads. I'm thinking to myself, who does that? You, if I'm going, you're, you're all pumped. You're going to Beyonce. You spent five hundred dollars on a ticket. You're ready to party and jam. And she comes out and she's singing a ballad. Explain to me what was going on, Brent? Did I did I
1: grab Beyonce? <laughs> did
0: you get a press pass and go backstage and say, "Yo, girl"? Can you talk about the opening drive?
1: Yeah, the opening <laughs> drive. Uh, yeah, I was not. I I did not look up the set list because I wanted to just go in blind. Because um, I I knew I was going to go, so mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, the ballads thing was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, it
0: was. It, a, it was. Was it three. two or three? Was it a couple? It Was a couple. Three straight ballads, and were they ballads you knew? One was one wasn't oh, Halo, right? Sh- that's her most popular ballad, isn't Halo? it? See, I'm just glad I didn't go. I just would have been pissed, and, and and that's coming from an old school fan. Like I like the hits. I like Cuff It. Cuff It to me is a Cuff top ten great. Beyonce song great. ever. And, and yeah, yeah. And the new the new album is it's fine, but I want to hear Deja Vu. I want to hear Irreplaceable. I want to hear stuff that I know that resonates. And, I, and my daughter was like, but it's the Renaissance tour. I, I get it. But you want to do a lot of stuff from your new album, but you should never neglect. She did like 30 songs, didn't she?
1: Something like that. Yeah. Formation, formation was, was great. Anyway. Formation so, okay, was so, awesome. That was yeah. one of my favorite moments in the concert. Yeah. Like when that, when like the teeny dee. Well, yeah. When that hits, Wah-wah. everyone Wah-wah. goes feral. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. Right. Like one of the <laughs> right. greatest opening, like because it's just so recognizable. No other songs start like that. Right. Um. So that was great. Formation, by the way, the only song she sang off of Lemonade. So, um, right. She and didn't, I yeah, love Lemonade. Exactly. See, that's weird. So to me. I was like, man, right. you can't, God, you no, know, nothing. You can't. You can't sing anything else. It didn't out of that. seem like
0: it was a very. It didn't seem like it was a very uh fan friendly show in terms of making sure you got a lot of recognizable hits you have to be a deep, deep the other thing
1: that was fan. not i would say fan friendly is that mm. you know i i applaud somebody who wants to do all these costume changes because that's a lot of work and a lot of people and a lot of i mean it's a lot however yeah. The breaks between, I mean, the amount of breaks between, you know, that sort of stuff. It was a lot. Like, there was a lot of time where Beyonce was not on the stage. And, um, you know, like, I enjoyed some of the things they kind of did in the meantime uh, while she was, you know, while she was changing. Yeah. But um, there was also some stuff where I was like, can we... I paid to see her, not this like random video, okay? And there's there's some cool. They did like a cool cool thing with the uh, Lace Twins, which I really enjoyed. That that was cool. They did like a a cool thing with I think it was her backup singers, um, where they got to sing a song, which I thought was actually really dope and really cool of her to do. Um, but there was a lot of we were we were there was a lot of like, all right, are we gonna um like are we gonna see Beyonce in the next few minutes? Because like you know, I'm, I'm waiting. Okay. So, um, yeah, those were like my two biggest critiques. I didn't like, the, well, I guess three, I didn't like the ballads. I didn't like, um, the amount of wait time between some sets, you know, I like I said, costumes are great. That's awesome. But we should not be having, I mean, it really felt like there was like eight costume changes with like significant time where she was not on the stage. Um and that's a lot. Um Yeah. And I I don't know if that really actually benefits your fans as much as it's just you trying to show off that you got new costumes every night. Sorry. Right. That's the reality of it. Somebody somewhere beehive is going to going to find me and I'm going to get absolutely murdered on Twitter. I'll have, I'll have, I'll have, <laughs> you know, I'll have Miami Heat fans coming at me. Uh, a few months ago, now it's my turn for the Beehive. I'm not sure well, which one's worse. So, you know.
0: The other thing too, though, keeping keep to to think about is that how does she now?
1: Yeah, and that's very true. You know what? You want to know my favorite she part of 42? the
0: show? So there could be a break. The exactly, break also and I get
1: arrest. that. Um, yeah. blue blue coming up on stage and dancing Blue Ivy, like that place went insane it was i'd never seen anything really like i mean i'd seen videos of blue dancing before but i'd never seen the place like absolutely lose it like it did there um so that was really um that was really cool and she was she was she was she was a baller i liked it a lot she was she was kind of grandstanding on the stage afterwards and you know i was i was like yeah get yours girlfriend um so that was cool um but yeah i mean um that was really cool i mean there's obviously like you mentioned the the screen was awesome like the the background screen that they had that like there's like a circular like roll away part of the screen where you could then you could. It was really mm-hmm. cool, um, and I mean, at ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm so glad I went and saw Beyonce. Like, so glad. Yeah, yeah. Checked it off. Checked it off the, Checked list. It off the list. Um, and you know, we'll see what the what the next album holds. But um, it was very fun, and uh, yeah, I think that um,
0: if she was in Portland, I definitely would have gone. At the set list,
1: unfortunately, she ain't ever fitting, coming to like- Portland again.
0: Yeah, yeah, why was she? Um, But the set lists were more to my liking, I probably was... Because I was kind of gearing up to go. But I just thought, yeah, I'm not going to be... I'm going to be bored. (laughs) Not bored, because it's going to be a good show. But I I expect... Like, Janet. So, obviously, I'm a much bigger Janet fan than I am Beyonce fan. But Janet played, like, virtually every hit she's ever had when she came to Portland. (laughs) <laughs> like it was crazy. She and some of them were shortened, but any chart hit she ever had, she played. It was a, it was phenomenal. I was like, how is this woman because she's she's 50 something? How is she doing this all the way through all but of her? But Janet doesn't great. really have a new so album. So That's so you gotta about.
1: think about that as well.
0: No, she does. Well, uh she I thought Did
1: she, she, just she? Had well, an album come out. There you go. I don't know about it.
0: But but even still, but even still, when you put out a new album, you because you can you can promote your album, but still make sure you hit your best chart stuff. And I just felt like Beyonce didn't do that. Anyway, whatever. I'm not trying to criticize. Bad. She needs to do what she needs to do, and I'm sure her her hardcore fans, you know, know those songs better than I do. Yeah. So, that's who she's playing for, not the middle-aged guy who just wants her hits that he knows from the radio. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Anything else we need to talk about? Because we need to get this podcast up as soon as possible before it becomes obsolete and James traded. Before Jamie
1: gets gets traded and we're all all SOL.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe if that happens, I'll call you and we'll hop on for five minutes and do a quick quick reaction and paste it in. (laughs) Okay. We'll see. All right, that's it for the Oregonian Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. Big weekend ahead. Dame trade, maybe prime time in Colorado. Visits Oregon, excuse me, the Oregon Ducks, and of course Oregon State going to Pullman. We'll be back early next week, hopefully, to recap all the madness right here on the Oregon. Damn it, right here on the Oregonian sports podcast. Thanks for listening.